Hello, wild creatures. My name is Casey Kirkland Johnson, and this is the Raising Wild Creatures podcast, a show about parenting on the wild side. Join me as we tackle everyday issues such as connecting to nature, how to parent your children respectfully, fostering independent play, and keeping a connection to your true self as a parent. Through research and interviews with experts, we are going to dive deep into the current issues affecting nature-loving parents, all while helping your family connect to their wild side. Welcome to episode three. I'm super excited about this episode because it will be the first time that I'm actually interviewing someone on the podcast. I feel very fortunate because my good friend, Amanda Burton, agreed to let me come crash in her bedroom where it was least echoey in her house and interview her all about connecting with herself and self-love. She is so wise and I have benefited from being her friend and just really excited, honestly, to have this recorded because we have talks like this all the time and I always wish they were recorded so that I could look back on it. I hope you get as much out of it as I did. Um, and I hope that we get to see Amanda again soon. So without any delay, here's our interview with Amanda Burton. <laughs> Hi, Amanda. Hi, Casey. Thank you so much for letting me come and crash in your bedroom um, to do this interview. It's both of our first interviews, so we're going to kind of stumble through it. Uh, Amanda is one of my good friends, and we talk all the time, and we have these really impactful, deep conversations that really um, have steered me in a different, more holistic way of thinking, so I'm excited to actually convince her to sit down and talk to me. Um... Could you tell us a little bit about, like, your life and your background and leading up to what you're doing right now? Because right now you're starting your journey as, uh, what, what would you call it? Try to focus on what's relevant. Um, uh, educationally, I, um, I have a degree in special education. Uh, so um, I started off uh, teaching, actually. And then I'm... Are you qualified to be, like, a, a love coach, like, <laughs> or a relationship coach, like... It's all these past experiences that are accumulative and make it so that you are qualified because you've been through the shit, basically. So now you're ready to break free <laughs> and help other people do the same. Yeah, definitely. I, and I totally hear you. And, and I think that's why I'm a little reluctant to call myself something, right? But at the same time, um, even just looking through... Um, you know, listening to different YouTube videos, learning from other people, right? Like, all of that, I, you know, I, it resonates a lot now. And I was like, oh, yeah, I get that. And even, um, you know, and, and I feel like, oh, I, I have a perspective, too. I, I think I think we can share something, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's really interesting when, I know we talk, have been talking a lot, because Amanda and I are friends outside of professional stuff, but we sit and have these long, deep conversations constantly. And I know we've been talking about, like, stepping into our power a lot. Like, and being like, you know what? I am qualified and I do know what I'm talking about and I deserve to be listened to. So, yeah. You, what do you call it? Oh, adjusting your crown. Oh, yes. Definitely. <laughs> so, I've been talking about the importance of connecting to yourself and nature but I really wanted to start, um, because we all concentrate on 
connecting children to nature. And I really want to start with connecting the parents. But um, I've discovered that parents get outside and they have no idea what to do with themselves. And then it, it just kind of snowballed into, okay, well, why don't they know what to do with themselves? Well, it looks like they don't know how to even, like, walk through the forest. They don't know how to interact. They don't know how to do, like, sensory immersions, you know? They they don't want to get dirty. They're afraid of everything. So I think a lot of it comes from fear and not being connected with themselves in so many different ways. So I wanted to talk to you um, because I know you've helped me connect to my mind a lot. And um, that self-love is where it all starts. So what importance do you think the relationship to yourself has in connecting to the wild? What import? Oh my gosh, it's, it, it's like the, the main importance. That's, yeah. And it's so interesting that you, um, um, that this is the approach that we're taking because even when I first started, when when I first moved here, um, you know, after I got divorced and I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old and I came across your forest school, um, I, that's when my journey kind of, well, you know, we're always on our journey, but, but the real part of, like, I knew how I was feeling. Um, I knew that the relationship with their dad was not, it didn't feel good, right? But when we came to forest school, it definitely felt better, right? But it was, um, it's interesting because I feel like that whole nature and just being able to also allow yourself to feel, like feel that nastiness, but also to feel the goodness, right? And just to be able to identify and decipher, hey, you know what? This feels better. I can actually choose to feel better, right? And so... I think I'm going on a tangent right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, th- that actually happens a lot with kids who, even kids who've had some past trauma, they, um, especially during summer camps, they'll come to forest school and we'll just accept, we've accepted the fact that it's a place for people to come and to feel. And like, a lot of times at home, you maybe you don't feel safe. At school, you don't feel safe. At work, we don't feel safe. And allowing us to have those real raw emotions. But something about getting out into the forest just lets people be like, Ugh! like dumping all of the stuff out and be like, this is how I feel and I need to express it right now. Yes. And I think it has something to do with um, the sensory setup of being in the forest because you're not, you're totally comfortable. There's... Even if you're uncomfortable, it's a natural uncomfortable, like you're a little wet or a little cold. You're not on a stiff wooden floor or concrete. You're connected and that energy is coming towards you, making you feel safe, so. Definitely. And that, like you're saying, that feeling and all that sensory, you're feeling, you're not in your mind. And I think that's part of, like, with parents, like, where are we? Most Well, I don't know where most of us are, but we're in our, you know, a lot of times the parts that don't feel... Uh, great when parenting is when we are in our minds right like I'm stressed out because my kids are eating cereal for dinner right but that's all in my mind if I just felt it and felt dude this is really fun I'm gonna sit down and eat cereal with them in front of the television tonight for dinner and we're gonna have a good time because I feel good about it right I'm not in my head just trying to degrade myself for not being the perfect mother or things like that so and yeah definitely nature being in nature helps to to do that Hmm. if we're intentional about it at the same time we need to be intentional yeah yeah it's the the thing where I say like people go out into the forest 
for the first time and say, well, what the fuck do I do now? And then they're like, well, this didn't work for me, so I'm not going to do it again, you know? But they're not addressing all of these other, not issues, but all of these other uh, facets, like the their mind and their body. Like Because you're also a yoga teacher, so you really have been approaching it from all angles with me, I know. Um, but to follow up with it, or not follow up, but to just comment on that, like you said, when you go, when people first go out, oh, this didn't work for me now, well, um, it's, it's those steps, like, you're not going to, you're not going to make a quantum leap with that kind of stuff, right? Like, it's, it's each, each day that you do go out, you're going to notice a little bit of a difference, right? Like, these shifts take time. Oh, there was a quote by Mark Twain, he said, you can't just throw a habit out the window, you have to gently guide it down the stairs, right? <laughs> Which I think, um, you know, and you can notice those shifts. And with each step, it can feel better and better. So in order to really do this whole nature connection thing and be able to guide our children in it, it almost feels like where we need to start the whole thing is getting the relationship with ourselves aligned. Um can you talk a little bit about, like, why it's important to have a healthy relationship with yourself? Uh, yeah, definitely. Because you can't, you, I mean, I know this sounds cliche, but you can't give what you don't have, right? And so if you're not clear, if you're not grounded, you can't share that. And I will say, you know, since having the kids, I mean, this, I mean, once I had my babies, that's, it was game over. And I, like, life was shifting and I knew I wanted to be better. I wanted to model better I wanted to you know I just wanted to I knew exactly what I wanted them to see um so tangent um so we uh could you repeat the question yeah of course um why is it important to have have a healthy relationship with yourself okay because you have to be the change you wish to see I guess and and with kids you know that's what we're I mean we're we have these little souls and granted they're not ours but they're little souls and we could still model and and you know model that you know we're connected. We've been given guardianship to them <laughs> for, <laughs> yeah, so for a little while. <laughs> definitely. Um, uh, so where do we start building that healthy relationship with ourselves because I know after I had my oldest who's eight now he's only going to be nine soon um I had no idea. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know. I felt so lost. Like, so where do you think is a good starting point for someone to start building a healthy relationship with themselves? Um, I think to start, I think the easiest thing to start is to um, recognize how you're talking to yourself. And, you know. You Self-talk? Yeah. Is that the buzzword? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Why is that important? Um, well, because that's, that's what we're here, because that's important because how we're talking to ourselves is how, is what emotions we're going to also be feeling and what we're going to evoke from ourselves. So if I'm telling myself I'm a terrible mom for eating cereal with my children for dinner three nights a week, uh, then, you know, that's a real example. (laughs) I mean, just saying, but, um, that doesn't feel good, right? I'm putting myself down. That feels yucky. And then you're, you know, in that yuckiness, bad feelings lead to bad behavior. So, and you'll notice, well, I notice that I get, you know, I'll feel triggered more. Right. And then I lose my patience more with these, with my kids or, or whatever in life in general, when you're driving, um, um, if you're, 
you know what I mean? And a lot of times I think um, sometimes it just becomes so normal that you don't even notice, right? That you're talking so, um, you're being a bully to yourself, right? And um, and I think once you, once you can become, once you notice that, you can say, oh, that, why am I feeling, I'm feeling so terrible right now, why? Oh, because I'm just degrading myself for getting a divorce and I feel like I'm a bad person now. So, but when you can look at that, you don't, and then to understand that you don't have to attach to it, um, you can you can rephrase it to something that, that works for you. Um, and I know that can be hard because sometimes you'll, you know, you feel like, like for example, when I was getting the divorce, like, well, I am a bad person. Like now my kids are going to grow up in um, two different houses and and the list goes on and on. But, um, and I heard that and it didn't make me feel good. I felt terrible, right? And I had this underlying, just, I don't know, disgrace of myself. Um, and so when it, when I noticed it, I didn't realize like how I could shift because I thought, well, I can't let that go. That's true. Like I, I have to take responsibility for that, which is not true. You have permission to recognize something that makes you feel awful. And if it's not helping you to share your light and it's actually making you more dark, then, then allow yourself to shift that belief. You know what? I am getting a divorce and, and that's going to be okay. <laughs> that's an extremely different way to think of it than I've heard of before. Because a lot of people almost feel like, maybe in like talk therapy, you go and you like analyze that feeling constantly. Like that's what people seem to like doing. Like our friend who just went through a breakup and he just wants to talk about the yucky feelings constantly over and over again. But this whole concept of being like, all right, that's, I don't even know how to put it into words. Like acknowledging it, I guess, acknowledging that feeling and not being attached to it. And letting it pass by is so big and so revolutionary to me that I'm like, oh, because I don't even know what I'm trying to say. It's like so crazy to me to think of it that way because it's coming from your brain. So it's your thought, but maybe it's not, I don't know what I'm trying to say about it. Like, yeah. like to me, and I know talking with our friend, it's like, but I have that thought, so it must be real. Uh-huh. But by acknowledging it and letting it pass by, it's like, no, it was just a thought. But if I, we sat and dwell in it, then it would become real. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that kind of it? Or Yeah. No? Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, I mean, there is something to be, of course, there's, you have to feel it to heal it, right? And that's recognizing it, though, right? And like you just said, um, and then being able to detach from it, I guess, right? And to... Yeah, recognize that. Okay, well, okay, so that is the thought, right? But I can, I can choose how I feel. I, or I can choose how I think, which will then affect how I feel. So it, as you're choosing these different thoughts that feel better, then clearly, um, you know, the the end result is you feel better. Oh, I've distracted Amanda because I started yawning. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I podcast, I have to edit out like five hundred yawns. <laughs> oh, too funny. So I have a lot of kids. <laughs> so when I podcast, I'm finally like sitting down and not running around doing stuff. So I'm sitting down. My body's like, oh, let's take a nap. I'm like, no, I have to talk. <laughs> Intuition. 
So when we're t- you're talking about the feelings and everything, and then I really want to talk about intuition with you, because I know you and I both get a little woo woo, and we we'll go down that rabbit hole and we start talking about how the universe is telling us things and how to listen and everything, but with intuition and like listening to our own minds, which first we have to trust ourselves enough to listen to it. Um, And how do we trust ourselves enough to figure out like, is this my intuition yelling at me? Or is this my inner brain like yelling bad thoughts at me? Like, do you have a way to like, break through all that or because I'm working on that right now and it's like is this my intuition or is this like I know last night I called you and I was all upset and I was like I think I'm feeling something and I am feeling something coming like it's in the back of my head I feel like this big life event coming um but I'm also like because of that feeling of this big life event coming it's causing all these horrible feelings and like I'm scared and lonely and all this stuff but I shouldn't be and I was very confused so um how do you wade through all the nonsense of your brain basically (laughs) um I say it all the time it's um uh meditation has been a game changer for me and I know that that word and just the thought of that like is there's like resistance for some reason people are like I can't do that that's crazy like what like I just can't clear my mind that's okay and as you're saying it about um leading into the trust part too like everything is just little by little like just little by little um and as you do that you increasingly start to trust yourself right so with the meditation um and I don't it's only 15 minutes a day you just I'm not meditating on anything. I'm just clearing my mind to get a break from all of that clutter, right? And that just feels so good. And sometimes I'll make the timer a little, set the timer again because it's so relieving. Do you set a timer while you meditate? I do. Um, I do, just for me because it feels like I know that I'll be alerted to an end and I can still get ready for work and get the kids up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, but, um, yeah, so that feels good to me. Um, there are times, though, at night before bed, if I don't have my children, I can, I'll can i just meditate for as long as I feel like, and, and that feels fun, too. But, um, but being able to clear that mind is so helpful because it stops, it just stops that freight train of, like, all these thoughts, right? You need that break. And, and sometimes that freight train will, um, you know, maybe it, it only allows you, like, 30 seconds at the end of that 15 minutes but that still slowed that freight train down. So when you're done, maybe you you feel a little bit more relaxed, but you go into um, the rest of the day and, you know, yeah, so anyway, that, that just helps you kind of reconnect a little bit because what it also does is it allows you to step back and observe your thoughts rather than attaching to them. So going back to that same idea that, you know, you don't have to. So we're talking about meditation helping you tell your your intuition intuition and like real thoughts compared to like your fear-based thoughts yes okay yes and your inner so you have your inner compass and and you know I think we sometimes you know you you ignore it for so long that you end up just it gets kind of quiet and you don't and then you just don't recognize you know what what's coming from where it's just all mental clutter right so 
So when you can go into nature or meditate in some way, which is, could be through walking through the forest and doing a walking meditation. I know Casey had taught me um, that, and that's been glorious. Uh, and it, it, just to quiet your mind, and again, going back to that freight train, just to kind of slow that freight train down, um, if not stop it altogether while you're in that space. And then when you come out of that space, you'll be able to hear your your inner compass a little bit better, a little bit more loudly. And when you can hear it, the other part is to actually uh, act upon it. So you're inspired to action. Whereas, you know, um, you know, if something feels happy to you and fun, I mean, Casey, you know how it felt and still feels to run creatures in the wild. Like that's, I mean, that's fun, <laughs> right? And so, um, and then when it's not fun, you recognize that too, that, okay, well, maybe I can go in a different direction now. What Now what feels good to go? It's a compass. It's telling you to either stop, don't move forward, or it's telling you to, you know, oh, actually this way feels good. Let me walk to the right, you know? Um, and I know that when I made the big decision to open the studio, and it didn't work out well, I know that my intuition had been like, wait, the whole time it was like, no, 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 no. Like I was having those thoughts, but um, I was having so much trouble figuring out if those were fear-based because I feel like I'm just now coming out of this spot where I'm in constant fight or flight mode. Like my anxiety just takes over and all everything's rushing and there's so much adrenaline. I almost feel like I spent years in fight or flight. And now that um, when the studio, it didn't work out, it was so overwhelming and I didn't have any help. Um, I, I know I was like, I should have listened to my intuition. But when I closed it and I all of a sudden had the space to just do nature immersion and to meditate and to be in the quiet, all of a sudden, I came out of fight or flight, and things got so different for me, and I became so much more connected. So, um, yeah, those fear-based thoughts are... Uh, it almost feels like our our society is pushing us to always be, like, afraid of things and to be in a constant state of fear, and I feel like a lot of people are making decisions from that, like... Um, oh, no, you can't go out in nature, there's ticks. Like, we have a tick problem around here. Okay, yeah, there are ticks, but I'm not walking out of the woods with 20 ticks on me. Every now and then I'm flicking a tick off of my kid. Like, twice a year I have three kids and a full nature school and camps. I take, I take like, six ticks a year off, like, that are actually in there and you had Lyme disease but you didn't even see a tick <laughs> right <laughs> but but it's the fear that is keeping people from actually going out and going into nature and the fear is being put there by the society at large by media by um people who are in charge like it's almost it feels like it's pushed upon us Sure, and I think just uh, life in general, like how how we are Americans, you know, we're 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 working nine to five. Well, some of us are, <laughs> and, not you and I. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but even so, in like parents in general, right? Like you need both people working, or you know, and even if there is one person home, it's still there's there's a lot to our lives, you know. So. Um, it can make you feel, and that's what anxiety is, and that's why medications are 
such a good business <laughs> because everybody does, um, you know, it's easy to feel like you're in fight or flight, even driving down the road, having to be somewhere on time, having to, you know, get home on time, having to pay the bills and minimum wages, just saying that there's just so much that in life where even though like a saber toothed tiger is not going to eat us, our brains are conditioned even from in schools right i mean the kids they're so stressed out the poor babies and um and all of that yeah it's just life in general right and however that being said we can take control and be intentional about our thoughts and how we're feeling about everything i mean uh i mean even in even helping our children too right like how how they're thinking about something you know, like you're getting so stressed out over over a test you know what it's okay it's one test 30 minutes of your life it's going to be all right um and it's you know well there's so much pressure on them right now in society like that every test probably does feel like the end of the world and i know you and i were both single moms our kids go to public school like the solution to this problem isn't to retreat from society mm -hmm. um the, the, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, it's just changing the way we, we think about things and how the perspective that we take. Mm -hmm. And a, a lot of people come up to me and they're like, well, I can't be outside all the time like you are. And I'm like, okay, well, I think you think I'm outside a lot more than I actually am. <laughs> because in order to run creatures in the wild, there's a lot of me tapping on the computer from my couch <laughs> or sitting in a squat uh, on the floor tapping on my computer, you know. Um... So I'm, I'm still doing this, my, and Ivan, you know, he's still, Ivan and Marley are in public school. So, yeah, I really want to encourage people that don't have the option to not work 9 to 5 because the, the shit's expensive. Like, <laughs> both parents have to work, and you have to work 9 to 5 and maybe even more, like, um, just to make it and in order to have a comfortable life or, like, a non-struggling life, so. Definitely. And imagine that beam of, like, as you're saying that, I'm just thinking of the whole unit. Imagine that beam of light right in the center, which is you, that you can emanate the light or you can emanate more chaos, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's where... You know, trusting yourself too when you do have that inner compass. Like, okay, what 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 is this saying? Okay, I feel bad right now. You know what? I'm not gonna move any further. I feel not good right now, so I'm not going to even interact with my children right now because I don't know what's going to come out. So, <laughs> let me just retreat, go outside for a walk or whatever, um, and, and then reapproach. Right? That's your compass, and I think the more that you do that and allow yourself and give yourself permission to do that when you actually feel it and need it you're going to trust yourself more. And that trust, you know, like I think you said it, love and trust are, you know, when you trust, when you love yourself, you're trusting yourself. When you're trusting yourself, you're loving yourself. So um, I think there's a lot of, I know a lot of moms are experience a lot of that mom guilt, people call it, when they do feel like, oh, I, I don't trust myself right now and what's going to come out of me to take that break and they're not taking that break and then it's spiraling and they're becoming more stressed out and they're feeling anger and they're holding that in and it's just everything's unhealthy and toxic. Um, it's not bad to, to take a step away. Um, I know I don't have my kids 
900% of the time. Like, you, you, uh, you're, like, a little over 50-50. Like, but we still require breaks from our children. Definitely. And going back to, um, I know I went on a tangent, mm-hmm. but going back to what you were saying before about how do you, how do you do that? And I think that it is little by little and have fun. And, and to do that, like when I first, um, when we first moved here, I was in survival mode. I was working and, and then finally, um, it was like, Hey, you know what? I, I actually want to, I actually want to take yoga teacher training. And that came from nowhere. I didn't have the money, nor did I have the time to do that. Like, there was no reason. But I'm like, hmm, you know, it felt good. It feels good to think about. And and I was excited about it. And then, um, and I really didn't have a clear picture of how that was going to end up, how I was even going to make any of it work. And then, I don't know, just each step, I was like, okay. Okay, let's okay, let's move towards this. And the awesome the other awesome part, not to get all woo woo, but I do feel like the universe just kinda sends those little nudges to you. Like there were there were a few different things that had happened to in order for the yoga teacher training to happen. But that was the first time that I, I allowed myself permission to first of all spend money on myself in like a way of purely self like that was purely for me. And the awesome part about it is it's been purely beneficial for everyone around me too so especially my children so um and I'm not saying I still lose my shit sometimes but but it's definitely um there's way more awareness there's way more um I don't know it was just little by little and it it was fun and now I actually I you know I think I I have a lot of fun in life like I'll I'll go out with my friend randomly and go to a play in the middle of the afternoon you know I'll <laughs> I'll I'll do those things despite having work to do because sure that work will be there and maybe I'll do it at midnight after watching TikTok but um you know <laughs> these are all... Amanda's obsessed with TikTok <laughs> <laughs> it's new okay <laughs> so um but yeah little by little and and just keep doing allow yourself to have fun and be light about things like you know not everything is life or death in in parenting especially like it just doesn't need to be so heavy all the time it's so important to like um like when we go on a hike it's not like I'm not teaching them anything I mean I'm not going out and be like and this is a birch tree and this is how this is sometimes I've been so miserable when we're out there that um we're just getting out there and chasing a waterfall or Marley finds a cool fort which you find a lot in the woods which is weird like um it doesn't have to be so heavy, even when you have a, a grumpy, almost nine-year-old with you. <laughs> sure. And I think, too, another perspective, even with your kids, I mean, this is probably, I don't know if this is completely uh, relevant to this, but just to take the perspective, too, that I'm learning from them, right? So, so you're not so, you know, you're out of your head more, and you're feeling more, and you can feel kind of the... You know, you're you're watching and observing. So you're observing your thoughts. You're observing other people too, but you're observing your children and especially observing them in ma- in nature, right? To be able to, um, and then and then they're the teachers, right? So if you can look at your kids as the teachers, that might lighten your load too. Like, okay, you know what? It's going to be all right. <laughs> they, they're going to teach me and whatever I don't, you know, because I think for a while I was, you know, until I actually started the forest school, I was like, okay, I got to teach them everything, right? This is going to be this is what I have to do. And I get mad at myself for not, you know, 
working on certain things, but it was just so easy to take them out into the forest and just know that they're picking up exactly what they need to pick up. And, and I'm learning too from them and, and learning too to get back to, um, you know what, it is fun to bounce on a tree branch. It's fun to swing from a vine, you know, like, like that's fun stuff. <laughs> Digging for worms is especially fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you get to name them and name the <laughs> homes. And yeah, hanging out with them in the forest really, instead of standing there and worrying and being grumpy and, you know, the kids aren't standing there worried and being grumpy. I mean, they might be if you do that because they're taking their cues from you. But if you lean into what they're doing and you show that sense of wonder without guiding them, you know, without being like, oh, look at this, and then look at this, and then look at this, because then they turn into ducklings following you, trying to get you to point out all the cool stuff. But finding that sense of wonder in the natural world is so freeing and so fun, and it's like the ultimate stress reliever, you know. We go over to Perry Springs here in Manlius, which is, um, a place where there are natural springs and the water just pops out of the ground. And every time I go with the kids, they're just, it's so cool. I mean, it's gurgling and grumbling and all of a sudden there's just this beautiful warm water popping out of the ground and it is so fascinating. And there's always ducks and just to be there with the kids, it's such a like high vibration energy that (laughs) you can't not be happy with that. So, um, But if I went into that situation being like, we are going to learn about fish, we are going to learn about ducks, we are going to figure out the science behind the springs and all this, like, that would take this wonderful, magical moment where they are learning and they're, they're getting all the stuff that they need. And then I'm also getting what I need just by basking in their wonder at life. It would turn it into a a horrible classroom situation where they don't want to do what I'm doing and they don't and everyone would be stressed and everyone would be miserable and it would just bring everything down and turn it sludgy basically definitely and nobody would be actually paying attention to their inner compass at that point right like you're all just being directed whereas I mean your kids are the best actually going back to that they're the teachers right watch your kids they're following they're following exactly what they feel they they're going for fun all the time and that's 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 what we need to get back to. <laughs> yeah. Huh. And they will do whatever they need to do to make sure they can, you know, go in the direction that they desire, right? Yes, Including, will. <laughs> I will throw a fit right now because I don't want to leave, yes. right? And that's okay because they were having fun. You want to mm. bask in that too when you're yeah. having fun or feeling good. Okay, so we're talking about learning from our children by observing them, but we kind of reflect back on each other with our children. Oh. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, so, I'm one, yeah, no, go, you, you look like you have something. I was just saying, because the children, so they trust themselves, right? They, they, they only not trust themselves after being parented, right? Uh-huh. Cool. My, my, so, my brain is like, what? <laughs> So is that our fault? <laughs> no, not at all. It's how we were raised too, right? That's why we have all these fun golden nuggets and this great spicy like rich journey that we have, right? Um so you really can spin anything, can't you? <laughs> I can, right? Um 
so when we don't pay attention to our inner compass, um, you know, that voice will feel, um, gets quieter and quieter. Um, when things feel less clear, you're not as confident on your path. So basically, if you're not listening to your inner compass, you're basically not trusting yourself. Um, you're not trusting yourself because for some reason you don't feel safe with yourself. And the only way you feel safe is if you can really accept yourself for all of you and to allow yourself to follow those inspirations, those urges to go dig for worms, those inspirations to, you know, put your spoon in your hair at dinner time or whatever <laughs> you're doing. I'm trying to think of kids. <laughs> but, <laughs> do some more stuff. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so. Um, yeah, that's so interesting because, oh, God, <laughs> they stopped doing it because of parenting. It's like, <laughs> oh, I don't mean to do that. <laughs> no, I no, mean, but it's true. Like, if we're like, what are you doing, you know, like, and then we're making them doubt themselves. Um, or if they're seeing us doubt ourselves because of the mentoring and the we mirror them they mirror us um we're teaching them how to interact with our with themselves and with the world through the actions that we take so even if we're not even if we're not feeling like fully joyous it's still important to not act like a turd, I guess. <laughs> Just like, sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely. And I think if you're not feeling completely joy, of course, that's okay. that's exhausting if you're completely joyous, though, like, all the time, Yeah, right? I don't like, think joyous was the right way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but as you're backing, you know, basically as you're backing off, and especially in the forest with the kids or wherever you are outside, the kids are, they're able just to do, they're, they're able just to, to be whoever they are, right? Without a parent saying, no, 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 you, you should um, use the stick this way, right? So that is the... Yeah, I can't find it either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one of the big four school tenets is if a kid, you can't tell a kid how to use a stick. You can't tell a kid how to play. You can't dictate at all, you can't direct, um, unless they're about to accidentally murder each other with the sticks, and you tell them sticks need space, but even in that, you're not saying, don't use that stick that way, you're saying a st sticks need space, like, we do have to teach them that, um, and that's a really cool concept of, like, oh, then you're thinking about space, and you're thinking about physics, and how things affect other people, instead of just being, like, no, don't do that, so... It's a more expansive way to go about it, and um, and it's not diminishing what they're doing at all. It's just letting them know, okay, you're doing this, make sure you're seeing it the whole way. Definitely. And to be able to um, allow them to follow their inner being like that, right? And, and as a parent, too, as you follow your inner being as well without trying to control each other and without judging each other as well, right? Like, it goes back to that, that judgment part. Like, don't judge your own, you know, your... Uh, don't judge yourself and also um, 
try not to judge your kids too. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's where that parenting comes in because you have a judgment like, oh, you t- should totally be doing something different right now. You should be doing better. You should be doing what I think you should be doing, right? How could you be so selfish that you're not doing what I want you to do, right? It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so to be able to allow yourselves to follow your own inner beings I think and and to model that as a parent too you know what I don't feel like um cooking dinner tonight I'm going to allow myself not to I don't know why I keep going back to that example I think think we're hungry I think so (laughs) (laughs) we're usually always hungry so food metaphors are great um it's the like the Casey Musgraves songs where follow your follow your arrow wherever it may go um I love that song so much. Uh, but, yeah, it's like, this is all part of the same thing, you know, connecting to, I call it your wild. Um, that intuition, that connection with nature, like, that connection to the Mother Earth, the connection to yourself, because we are all of one golden energy, um, which is when I get real woo-woo when I talk about it. But I do this meditation, I think I've shown you it, where you sit and, because um, I know I have trouble just sitting when I'm meditating. So I'll sit and think about the golden light, and I, I go through this, I'm doing like a bonus episode for this, and I connect my light to the Earth's light. And f- finding that wild and letting it live in yourself and embracing it and letting yourself be a mammal and not always live within the molds and the boxes that society has for us. Um, it's okay. It's okay to be who you are and to love who you are. Yes. That is so okay. That's great. Awesome. You like something super weird? That's cool. I like something super weird too. Um, that's, and, and just like, through this nature connection, through connecting to the wild, I really think it can bring people together because, okay, you're a conservative and you're a liberal, but we have all got the connection to the golden light of Mother Earth, so if we can both acknowledge that and embrace it, let's go hang out. I hang out with people like that all the time. We don't sit and talk about politics, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because no one ever should sit and talk about (laughs) politics with people they just met, especially. And, like, I know in our community, like, a divisive thing is vaccines, and, like, that's okay that you do this. I do this. Oh, we all do something different. Isn't that cool? Not one of us does the same thing. Like, we're all connected by that golden light, and we all have that wild within us. So getting people, especially adults, Kids are fine. They embrace their wild. They're doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, until we get them into school. <laughs> um, and then, as long as we're doing great. I shouldn't say kids are great. Because they feel that influence. Like, if you're not connected to your wild and if you're not okay with yourself, these kids are instantly going to start questioning themselves and doubting themselves and feeling that shame, that horrible, dark, burning shame of who they are and what they like. Like... True, but I will just back up a little yeah, yeah. bit, only because I don't want you to take too much, or mm-hmm. people to take, parents to take too much responsibility for where their children are, too. Because honestly, oh. if we're not connected, if we back off from the situation, they're fine. They're going to find their own connection. And if they're not, then that's their spice of life where they're going to end up coming back to it, right? Like, we don't want to push that either, which I have trouble with wanting to push everyone into this, you know? Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, and allow them, yeah, 
going back to to what you said before about just you're allowing everybody to be and especially yourself who you who you are who you truly are and not who you were conditioned to be right through whatever that whatever life experience that you have had and whatever you know unconnected disconnected thoughts that maybe brought you to your belief system that maybe doesn't serve you i know there's a lot of conflict with people like um i went through something last year and this one event happened and i saw it completely different from the way another person saw it and i remember talking to you about it um and what is what is it called the perceived perspective is that it oh i talk a lot about perspectives yeah like um people's everything that's happened in someone's life going up to that event um everything that's happened in someone's life going up to that event has influenced how they see that event so we all see it differently and i have to google what it is because i i mean perceived perspective something like that um Definitely. I mean, nobody can get behind anybody else's eyeballs. Like, that's, you know, you have, I guess, yeah, that glass stained or not is what you're looking through is unique. Oh, the difference between perception and perspective. Oh, right. Let me see. I am on com. Perception is a manner in which we conceive about someone or something. It is exactly the way we understand someone with our senses. It is something that we get after listening to someone's point of view. Perception is not about embracing a single perspective. It is more of a coalition of different ideas, values, attitudes, and experiences which give rise to insight. And then that, so that was perception. This is perspective. Perspective is the style in which we think about something. In short, it is our point of view respective towards any topic. The true understanding of the relative importance of things. It is a sense of proportion. A particular attitude towards or a way of regarding something. It is a point of view. It's a point of view is, it's point, this isn't written right, it's point of view is known as perspective. We must keep a sense of perspective about things we do. To sum it up, perspective refers to a point of view, whereas perception refers to an interpretation that an individual comes up with through their awareness. Definitely, and how you, um, depending on what perspective you take, you can change how you perceive something. Oh, it's also fascinating and complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. It's going back to just choosing and being intentional, I think, about your thoughts and being intentional about your awareness of how you're feeling. So for tools to get started on all of this, um, I know you talked about meditating. Um, and what does your meditation look like? Like, what's your de- daily meditation look like? I know you put a timer on for 15 minutes, but are you just, are you laying in bed? Are you staring at a wall so um so normally i'll just be sitting up um sit on the floor crisscross applesauce um on the cold mornings i'll definitely just sit in my bed and kind of you know sit up um i'm always sitting up though um you know chin tucked crown pressing up towards the sky and uh so that you're in alignment. Um, I hope everyone pictures us sitting on the floor doing this right now. Because, yes, of course, totally. that's, automatically we're both like, oh, wait, we need, to, <laughs> we need to, you know, chest over, heart, heart over, what is it? Heart over, 
Oh, head over heart, heart over pelvis. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so yeah, so so then, and I'll focus on my breathing a little bit. I'll definitely focus on you know the crown opening up and that kind of stuff. And then, and then I just how do I describe it? I just go off into the ethers and it's great <laughs> but I mean I'm sure the first time you meditated you didn't just go off into, into the no, ethers <laughs> and, and please don't get, don't get me wrong I still don't just stay there either there's thoughts that come in I have my notebook and sometimes I'm like oh, okay I definitely have to write that down right now um or oh I gotta text Casey this or you know so that happens and sometimes I'll reset the timer if it feels good but if I'm frustrated and I'm just okay I have way too much going through my head then Now's not the time for me to meditate, and that's okay. I need to, I clearly, this other stuff feels better to do, right? So what feels good? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) So even within meditating, you're letting yourself do what feels right. I'm trusting myself. I'm trusting my inner compass. And yes, exactly what you just said. But that's not an excuse to not try to meditate. At the same time. <laughs> nope, not at all. There's um, So that's why I do recommend meditating first thing in the morning before your thoughts get going, right? Because then it's hard. Because once I'm up and at them in, in my office or something, there's I'm already on a different train of thought, and it feels better to me to actually you know, do whatever it is I need to do. Um, so yeah, before, but yeah, definitely if you have lots of thoughts when you first start meditating, um, that you feel like, oh, I have to remember to do this or that. Feel, allow yourself. Write it down, right? As you get, as you get I don't know, as, as you keep doing it, it you, and you do experience maybe that 10 seconds of calm and the water's just kind of evened out, right? Um, you'll, you'll notice that feeling, and then you're going to end up wanting that more. So it's going to become easier and easier to calm your mind. Again, that being said, that, that doesn't, I'm still, I still have thoughts when I'm, I'm doing this. And, you know, sometimes I'm, like I said, I'll, I can maybe be in that space for longer than, you know, um, for longer and that feels really good. And other times it's not. I have, there is too much momentum going with some other thoughts, um, but I can experience it a little bit. And all, and when I'm done with that 15 minutes and think, sometimes I would think, oh boy, that was only like three seconds, I think, in the ethers. That's okay too. Like I allowed myself that 15 minutes to sit and that feels really good because I just love myself and, you know, and now I'm ready to start the day. Um, I mean, sometimes I'll do yoga afterwards, right? Depending on Mm -hmm. the time. Um, And that always ends up leading to a better day too. And and one more thing about the meditation and stuff um, is that when you're you're in it, you're not going to, don't expect some crazy changes right at that moment, right? That's not when you notice the changes. You might notice them throughout the day that maybe your day is a little bit more easier. Um, And it may not even be that day, but as you do this, I mean, if you did this for a week, I can guarantee you that you're going to notice differences in your day. Well, it's like when um, when I'm feeling stuck with like writing and business stuff, um, I'll fold the laundry or I'll do the dishes or um, I'll vacuum because within those quiet spaces, I've given my brain enough time to like actually think of something instead of just sitting there and being like, oh, I can't think of anything. I have wicked writer's block. Um, and there's a bunch of different ways to meditate too. Like, 
Oh, yeah. Even like you said, the laundry, the dishes, all mm-hmm. of that can be meditative as well. It's all about that perspective, right? I do love folding towels. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, or like, I know that before I've, I've had you go and go for a walk in the woods and use that as a meditative time where um, you reconnect because that's doing a lot for your body as well. When you basically, you go to the forest without your children. <laughs> I know that can be very hard to do. But even just a wooded area, the important part is that it's not paved at all and there's no like path that has wood chips or anything and you wear the thinnest shoes possible or go bare feet if you're brave. Um and you walk slowly and you just concentrate on feeling everything in from your feet and you go up and you feel the breeze on your legs and or maybe the fabric moving against them and you're smelling everything around you and you're really letting all of your senses just and even like there is a sixth sense prosipication I think is how you say it it's not seeing ghosts although that would be really cool um <laughs> it's the way your joints move and stuff like that and it's really important and it's why kids like you to hold their hands and swing them because you're making space in their joints and then when you let go it closes like if you pull on your arm I'm pulling on my arm right now like a crazy person um it's making space and then you let go and it's oh it feels really good but the same thing happens when you get your feet stuck in mud your joints are getting a little space so all of that resistance and all the uneven ground you're concentrating on that and you're not thinking about your bills and you're not thinking about this problem that you're having you're in you're enjoying nature and a lot of what I talk about sounds really like woo-woo and like, yeah, it's like I'm, I do witchy stuff and all that, but it's just science. Like, there's all science behind it. Like, that's a grounding ritual, what you're doing, walking through the woods like that, sitting on the forest floor with your crisscross applesauce and thinking about connecting with the golden light of Mother Earth. It's making your brain slow down and it's making it concentrate on, on connecting to something it's all science. Like, even if you're not witchy in any way or any woo-woo and you don't want to do yoga, this all has science behind it. It's, we're not starting a cult. We're just like, even though I have big plans for when I retire, um, and we will wear purple uniforms. It's very important. Um, and so it's just, we need to like embrace that this is how we're built. And this is how we're going to be happy. And we need to be okay with that. And you don't have to wear patchouli perfume, but you can if you want. It smells good. <laughs> Definitely. And I think, and, and to go along with meditation and, and the movement, like th- those have been like the, that's the recipe for one of my better days. And, you know, I meditate and then I make sure I move. And ho- hopefully it's more often than not it's outside is where you're making that movement and just going on to that space the space between it's that's where the space in between your thoughts the spacing Mm -hmm. between the notes of the music notes like all of that the space in a container that's what makes it this like that Mm -hmm. makes the good stuff right that space between so I feel like that's so um relevant uh I guess to everything, and I love David Matthews, and he wrote that song. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, this—that's perfect. That I, um, space, allowing yourself that space. 
I know with the podcast, we're going to talk about movement a lot too, um, because it is a specific category of movement that you and I are talking about right now. Um, we're not talking about going and running on a treadmill or lifting weights. Is Those are very static movements. They're doing the same thing very repetitively, and it's similar stuff to what we do every day in our modern life, like pick things up and set them down, like in a stiff manner. We're talking about like really like very dynamic movement, like yoga and twisting and turning and like getting to weird binds and you're moving your body in a way that we aren't normally. So yeah, we're definitely going to dive into that. I'm really excited because I love movement so much and I do so much weird movement (laughs) and like, um, Maybe I'll even talk about barefoot shoes at some point, <laughs> which gets really weird. Good idea. And appreciating those movements, too, of your body, right? And I think that's part of, like, going again with that that space in between. Like, you're providing yourself that space to appreciate, too, when your mind's not going all crazy about what you're going to make for dinner. Jeez, I guess I am hungry. <laughs> but, but as you're going... Fritos. Yeah. <laughs> that tra- but as you're walking along that trail or running or doing yoga, you know, you're, you have that space to appreciate and be kind to yourself. And mm-hmm. feel yourself. Well, you know, feel, <laughs> not feel yourself. But I, I mean, that's good too. That, it is good too. <laughs> that probably should be a podcast episode in I itself. Think, you know, good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could find someone who's an expert. Matter. We can just talk about it, and it would be fun. Totally. <laughs> I do have the explicit. Explic- I can't say that word. Explicit. Explicit rating. So that's totally cool. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Amanda, thank you so much for this today. Um, I'm just so excited to do all this and to finally be doing this podcast that I've been talking about for years. Um, (laughs) So thank you for letting me crash in your house and sit on your bedroom floor and let our butts go numb while we talk. Um, (laughs) And I'm definitely going to get you on here more because I love having an excuse to ramble about all this stuff with you. (laughs) Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you so much. You're such an inspiration. So... Amanda and I have this great friendship where we do things for each other and then we sit and talk about how much we love and appreciate each other and I think everyone needs at least one friend like this where you could just be like I appreciate you so much and you're so wonderful so um find yourself one of those because that's important (laughs) thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast um I had the best time interviewing Amanda, and I really hope that we can get her on again because she's a vast wealth of knowledge for so many different things. Um, So we will be seeing you next week when I'm going to be talking about exactly what Forest School is and really defining it for everyone. So thank you for joining us. Now go outside. This podcast has been recorded in the bedroom of Amanda Burton and Casey Kirkland Johnson. We were very tired when we recorded it, and we appreciate you for listening. Please make sure to check out all of our social media at Raising Wild Creatures. Our website is RaisingWildCreatures.com, and if you'd like to share your story of how connecting to nature has affected you or your family, please check out our website and fill out the form. We would love to hear from you. All right, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye!
Ha 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 